Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. guess the name of the song have a couple theories uh i wish my dad could hug me again i wish my dad would hug me at all um who's my real dad um eric is a dad those are just my four (laughs) no you're 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 off but uh it's it's a christmas theme song oh okay so it's sad that i didn't i didn't really make time for a good santini song because it You know, it goes pretty deep. Okay. It goes pretty deep. Anyway, uh, welcome to Quality Time. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined uh, in studio by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, who is on the program? It's me, Marianne Meacham. Oh, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> All the people. You're Marianne Meacham? It's my, my true self. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Marianne Meacham. Well, thank you for joining us on the program today. That's great. I, I would just like to join you guys and talk about this great movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know why, but this is somehow your most unsettling voice I've ever heard before. I don't it's just like another it. part of me, kind of like um, you know when you sit down and play with your puppets. You sound like the the leader of like a. A, a ministry that'll pray the gay away, but the guy is clearly turbo gay. Like, that's what you sound like. Look, I, I'm against the whole gay thing, but sometimes I go to a hotel room with a, with a male prostitute. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have the urges. You just got to suppress them down and then go crazy for one night at a Motel yes, 6. <laughs> yeah, you sound exactly like Lindsey Graham. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, it is. It's very Lindsey Graham. There yes. you go. You're you're my little ladybug. Oh yeah, the ladybug story about Lindsey Graham is the most fun. Have you are you familiar with the Lindsey Graham ladybug story? Uh, no. So uh, there was a gay prostitute that came out and said that he fucked Lindsey Graham a bunch, and one of his things that he liked to do was, uh, you know, get fucked in his ass. But he apparently has all these little pop blood vessels that look like little ticks on his ass, like that. And he's like, "Oh, I think you need to wipe yourself." And he's like, "Nope, those are just my ladybugs." <laughs> So Lindsey Graham's asshole is covered in ladybugs. Um, just oh, so you it's know. Not minor. As... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say minor covered in stink bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that other sultry voice you hear is none other than the great Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? 
I'm I'm here. You're here, making it through another week, trudging through. You're away today. You're house sitting. Do people know? Do people know that part of your thing, part of your gig, is like, yeah, I'll house sit. I'll also need a full studio set up for podcasting. Is that fine? Yeah, you know, I I know, right? That I'll be gone over weekends usually, meaning I know I'll have the podcast. But it seems like a lot of effort for me to bring any of my equipment, including an extra laptop. So I just don't. <laughs> I think what, it would be fun if this is like, you know how like you ever watch Breaking Bad? Are you yeah. familiar with it? You know, remember how they got the whole the, the fumigating company and then they would cook meth inside the fumigated house? I'm like, that's yes. like you, but with podcasting. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way to put it. I thought you were suggesting I should just do meth to get through the podcast. And I was like, I've thought about well, it. Well, baby steps, Ashley, one at a time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, so, good times. We're here today. Um, another day, another dollar. I had some fun murder mysteries last night. Were there any stories, though, from them? Hmm. I don't remember. You know, I didn't. Not a whole lot happened, except that uh, I did go to see Spider Man yesterday. Maybe took a little bit of uh, mushroom tea. Maybe allegedly took some during the movie, and then maybe openly wept twice during the film. Um, very powerful stuff. Uh, I also did go to the bathroom and maybe just stared at the carpet for 30 seconds before I came back into the movie. That was a thing. Um, but other than that, you know, just a, I, I'm kind of worn out, ragged. Uh, don't, don't you think it was weird that during the entire movie, Spider-Man was actually Venom at the same time? Well, <laughs> I will say the great Tommy Simbazo and I, when we went to, we took a, a, a pee at the end of the movie, as, as you know, you do. Uh, I was taking a leak or whatever, and um, Tommy and I were because you're not supposed to talk about the movie after you come out. You might ruin it for somebody else. So we mm-hmm. started talking about mm-hmm. the Julia Roberts universe and said we we went to go see Steel Magnolias too, and how crazy it was to see Steel Magnolias Julia Roberts meet up with um, Pretty Woman Julia Roberts and how they teamed <laughs> up. And we had a whole backstory, and people were puzzled in the men's bathroom <laughs> i would have said mystic pizza mystic pizza yeah there you go uh and how she meets up with the uh the same girl from the conjuring and how she's like a crazy witch and tries to kill her kids oh so there's also i will say this last night there was a guy who came up to me at mcgooby's and comes straight up to me and goes hey hey you remember me i'm like i was like yes i didn't and he goes, yeah, it's, I don't even remember his name now. He's like, yeah, me and Catherine, you guys remember us? I was like, cat doesn't even ring a bell. And I go, I looked this guy dead in the eye. I went, yes, I remember both of you. Like, <laughs> and he's like, man, it's really good to see you. Did you lose some weight? I was like, sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I love <laughs> well, hey, that's really nice. Cause all you've heard the last couple of weeks from people you've run into is, Hey, did you get fatter? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this guy's seen me on a down tick, which is nice. It was a, that was a good feeling. So I did enjoy that. Um, but you know, other than that, rather, rather uneventful, just two great shows. McGooby's got real sweaty. Um, wet with 
everything. Eric, can I just say that yeah. I, I like you as fatter because you, you, you it doesn't seem like your life is that much better than mine. <laughs> so, so you want me to get fatter so it helps your self-esteem? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> All right, well done. Honey, bring me chocolates. <laughs> I got to make I mean, Jeremy feel better. I mean, your life is so much better than mine, so it's good that you just like just taken down like a half notch so well um if you listen jeremy if you need me to just can i just move into the woods instead of getting fat i'd rather do that i'll well, be homeless first then then uh, then turbo fat again i'd prefer well, that jeremy just know as a fat person who's been thin and then got fat again <laughs> just know that no matter eric's size on the inside he'll always be a fatty <laughs> That is I just, true. I just want some real fucking skinny fucking leotard bitch with like blonde, uh, almost shaved head just to pat me on the shoulder saying, you can do it too. Like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> you fucking cunt. Yep. Uh, at, at that point, I think if I was a female, I would literally bite her. Like, bite her on the cheek or something, so... You gotta be honest, she was so skinny there wasn't much left to bite. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will I will say I got one other story from yesterday. So uh uh I, I'm at uh Smash Burger and uh the great Sean Savoy is there. Uh <laughs> and uh, no I like I like Sean Savoy. He's Did just you a know bit that much. his his dad uh-uh. was my te- was one of my teachers in my school at Howard. Oh really? Yeah, Mr. Savoy. Oh wow! I think he only died what five years ago. Um, yeah, something like that. But uh, Sean was there, and at one point, uh, uh, he he gave Tommy gives him his water so that Sean could take a pill, uh, like a little stacker pill or whatever, to get him pepped back up. And uh, he takes the caffeine pill, and then like not even sixty seconds later, he's on his phone. He's like, "Hey, do you know where I could get like a a, a rapid COVID test around here?" <laughs> It's how he goes, why, Sean? Why are you asking about the COVID test right now? You just drank my fucking water. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm just looking out for a friend. Looking out for a friend. He's like, is the friend you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment with Tommy Savazza losing his mind because he's been hospitalized for COVID before. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's funny, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> it is good funny. Bit. I... I, I have two feelings. It's funny to me about the comedians who clearly don't care about personal safety. And I'm kind of like, mm, you should be more careful. But then I also love the complete other end of the spectrum of the people that literally just sit on Facebook all day and be like, oh, that picture at your show. None of you were wearing masks. And I like the two. I like the two end of the spectrums because I cannot wait till they both kill each other and I inherit the earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you and Jeremy stand on top of uh, the throne of dead bodies, the last two survivors. I'm so excited for the silence. <laughs> we will be the most goth people on earth. Oh, you guys going to get real gothy? What would a Jer- yeah. what would a Jeremy Woodworth and Ashley Pontius reign over the world look like? I will pretty much just have a shoestring holding a like three by three inch. A piece of leather covering my crotch area. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeremy's already just worried about wardrobe right now. Well, of course, that's what goth is all about. 
I'm goth now. He's not wrong. Oh man, Jeremy, you gotta he watch. Is right. You got have you guys watched the Righteous Gemstones yet? Have you guys seen the show? Is that a is that a Gene Simmons thing? Oh no, Jeremy, it's it's with John Goodman and uh, uh and uh it's it's about evangelical super church pastors and it's a comedy mm-hmm. and man, there's one who's clearly the gay son in the Gemstones who converts this goth guy who's like six 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 on his chest. He's <laughs> like he's like I know Jesus now, blah blah blah. And he reverts back to his goth ways, and he has to go into the goth club. And it is, <laughs> it's a Jerry. It's it's a ten. I want to just pull up the scene where he has to rescue him from the goth club because it's one of the funniest things in the whole oh, goddamn show. You just you can't confuse me though. Jeremy can be goth, but I I'm the one here who's actually the Satanist. So like, okay, so I'm, I'm the one who's going to be doing the real work. Like Jeremy can live his life. I want him to very, very cushy end of the world. Mm-hmm. I want him to do whatever he wants. A whole yard um, of forklifts for him to play with. <laughs> <laughs> There's not but even any reason happens. to move anything anymore. I like moving things with forklifts. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a job I can't get fired from. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm like, look, Jeremy, I don't got trains, but I do a forklift. <laughs> fire, fire me for this psoriasis completely covering this forklift. See, but that's what we'll do. We'll make people eat. I'll make people dinner instead of Parmesan. It's covered in Jeremy flakes and I watch them. I just imagine as you both rebuild the world, right? You, It's like mm-hmm. the Lion King where you bring your offspring up and they look over to the, the horizon. He's like, oh, what's that over there, mom? He's like, that over there is the dark place. We call it, we call it Skin Valley. We are never to go there. It's just yeah. tusks and bones. Very dusty. Where, where all the eight I, I am, men, where all the eight men to... say the, the, the forbidden zone because of the flake men. <laughs> the flake men? I am. I am fully prepared to be the mad Tampax of the end of the world. I am. <laughs> mad Tampax. Oh, mad Tampax is pretty good. And by the way, thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I got a, a, a wonderful birthday gift from Jeremy today. He got me the, the Road Warrior on Blu-ray, which was very nice. Oh. I, I, no, or not the Road no, Warrior. He got me Mad Max, the Ridge. No, it's oh, the Road awesome. oh, Is it the Road Warrior? Okay, yeah. it's the Road Warrior. I apologize. It's, it's the best. It's not... You know, the Mad Max was good, and 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 Thunderdome was, eh, you know, it was it was a thing. There's parts of Thunderdome that are great. Yeah, the part with Marilyn Manson was great, but you know, I would say I'd argue the only thing it's it's for me it's this is number one, but one A is Fury Road. It was nice down. to see that a whole community started with the Feral Boy. You know, yeah, that was nice. A whole community that didn't wear pants. <laughs> Now, see, that's the world I would have set up. Boomerang men without pants. That's, that's, come here, boomerang boys. <laughs> or, or as we would like to call the the, the, the Giovanni Society from our little church boys. So. There you go. Really a reference that nobody will understand without 10 minutes of backstory. So we'll move on. Literally, um, literally we had a church where the child at the church we had to take care of literally was the road warrior kid. Yes, he was a feral child with deep emotional problems. And we're like, we have to take Take care of this kid. Please don't bring him to church. Please. He is a fucking terror. <laughs> he he would literally that. bite and spit on other kids. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal with this. <laughs> he this had, boy needs serious Ritalin or something. He had deep emotional problems. And he did have long hair like the Road Warrior kid. Yeah, he did. I give you. <laughs> 
I just remember that one time with Giovanni. It was great. I was great. I was like, hey, man, you're doing really good. And he was just like, fuck you. <laughs> and he spit on me. And I was like, man, that was the nicest interaction I ever had with that, that youngster. Like, Thank God he doesn't get hold of like a metal boomerang. Gosh. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times, though. Um, Ash, uh, we've gone over that. Do you have any honest Ash for us this week? Uh, no, I don't have honest Ash. I mean, I'll just say thank you to Jeff Hancock for coming out to my show on Thursday. Um, yeah, that was the astrogenist. Can I I say thanks to the cock? What? Can I say thanks to the cock too? Thanks to the the cock. Thanks. Thanks to the cock. The only one that I wanted at a show all about women. Um, so I had a, I had a great time. Uh, I am in the middle of a psychological breakdown and I may or may not have stopped at a giant on the way to the store and bought a container of cookie dough, which I ate in the parking lot with my hands and then walked into the show, not knowing I was covered in chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) You are you are so beyond Amy Schumer in comedy. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh shit. You are a whole new level of comedy and I love you. Um the love you too Jeremy. I think uh, I think it's funny that you like I would have played it off if they said it be like, oh actually I just got kicked out of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory because I couldn't stop eating the chocolate fountain there. So you know, other, other comedians have to go through so much more heroin than you to get to this level. <laughs> I know, and all I had to do was date the wrong person. Shit's wild, you know. What I mean? uh, hey, hey, a woman like you would have been gay so many more boyfriends before this. So, oh yes, God, I. Uh, you know, I almost had this debate. I was like, do I kill myself before today's pad- podcast or do I save it? And I'm so glad this is going to be my last memory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, would you like a Christmas song to, to make you feel yes, a little warm? Give me that yeah, Christmas let's... spirit. Oh, Turn man. me gay, Jeremy. By Turn the way, both of your... Uh... Both of your pussies are getting open today because Eric hasn't heard it either. Yeah, I haven't heard it either. And I can tell you the okay. I can reading the name of it right now. And we'll see if it makes the show. Let's just Here say it go. sounds horrible. I okay. All I know is that if you're listening to the podcast right now and it all of a sudden skips to us and we're back, just know that what we heard was a bit It much. only has the N word like 20 times. It's hardly noticeable. Whoa, whoa. You know, necrophilia. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't have the at least not in the title. So here we go. Here's Jeremy's Christmas song for this year. The stockings are hung by the fire. The children await singing. It's been such a glorious year. Everyone loves me. My skin is so soft and clear And life is just so very awesome So many family have died Yes, you're the next 
for a sign that I should do it and that's the sign. Thank you! I want to be the president of the Hemlock Society. (laughs) What's the Hemlock Society? That's where they all drink Hemlock together and they're a bunch of pussies because their membership is still there. Bitches. Uh, Hmm. I don't even know what Hemlock is. I don't know if they just like support suicide or if they claim they want to commit suicide. They're a bunch of whiners. I'm more of a Jonestown girl. Hell yeah. Jonestown. You know, we used to have this wonderful rugby song called Jonestown. It was to the the tune of... uh, of downtown and it's like when your religion's a joke and you've got nowhere to go you can always count on reverend jim jones <laughs> watch him mixing up a bag of kool-aid that is lethal listen to the and the screaming and the cries where jonestown people are dying at jonestown the people are dropping like flies in 
You know, Jonestown. when I if, if, seriously, if I had money to burn, I would make an entire movie of Jonestown where everybody in Jonestown is Jim Jones and they're all doing cocaine and being <laughs> maniacally cruel to each other. Have you have you ever listened to the the tape of Jonestown like before they all commit suicide? And I lo- I love it. I I feel like we've talked about this on the pod probably like 100 or 200 yeah. episodes ago. And there's a part where like He's like, everybody can come up. It, there's just no time now. There's just no time. It's time to, time to do it. And he's like, and there's one lady's like, well, hey, wait, wait one sec. What if, what if we just, what if we just didn't do it? <laughs> she's like, and you just get, there's just no time. There's just no time. <laughs> well, is, Jeremy's right. It is the holidays. I'm a big girl. So I think I'm going to do it more like Jimmy Dean Jones style and just put the cyanide in my sausage. (laughs) I can't tell you how I feel about this morning when I commit suicide with some of my yummy sausage. (laughs) You know, a morning morning like this calls for a good death. Uh, And that's why I'm here with Jimmy Dean sausage. By the way, I'd like to say my favorite Jim Jones has to be uh, Anthony Zerby from... uh, the uh, the Omega Man series where he's the vampire version of Jim Jones with with white hair in the apocalypse and maybe he should be a vampire as well but all his thing is just to kill Charlton Heston who's the 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 one that isn't infected so interesting um, I I replaying what you just said in my head I still have no idea the Omega Man was very much <laughs> The, the Omega Man was very much Zero. a takeoff on on uh, the Jim Jones because he did wear sunglasses. You really think so? Yes, very inspired. Uh, okay, you know, and, I, gu- and guess who Jim Jones was big friends with? Who's that? Harvey Milk. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, I yeah, they're the, both in California. Huh? That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess but again, Jim was very much like actually considered kind of an activist. Oh, he was very, very, yeah. very much a commie. So. Yeah, and loved cocaine. You know, I think that's the I think that's the key. Oh, I was on uh, Ashley. You know, I was on the Happy Hour Pod this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I had uh, they had uh, some some guest. This lady who uh, was promoting her book. Uh, she's very nice. Uh, but, Why would they have you on? They're like, here, she's promoting a thing Eric doesn't know how to use. I did. She did offer. She was like, you should read my book, and I went. <laughs> It's that is flattering. You think I can read? Wow! Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yes, I do actually. I don't Could you drink out of this Chuck E. Cheese that looks like? Well, it then go upstairs and get a fucking glass, you pig. I'll pour it into this cup. No, then don't put it in that cup. Just get just get a glass upstairs. I'll use it as a cup. It's a beer, empty beer. Do you want a? Cu- I have. Look, 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 look. Do you want one of these? You want a paper cup? Whatever. Here, look. Thank you. This is this is Ashley's good guys cup that she left here that has been on the rack nice. for a while. So there you go. Oh, look, excuse me a second. <laughs> oh my, Jeremy. I didn't think that'd be that noble. sounded like diarrhea coming out of your mouth, <laughs> like literal <laughs> shit actually coming oh, from inside. Oh man, the taste of vomit. Oh my oh. god, it smells like shit in here. It's like it what it's like what did you have dog turds for lunch? This is fucking horrible. You know, I usually eat a can of sardines. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest with you. This is it smells like it's not shit, but it's not a great. It's like it smells like seafood that was left out in the sun. Um, Ugh. 
I, you know, you're this gonna is, make me sick having to hear about. <laughs> this is what I see. This is what you miss out when you're in studio. We haven't done it. We don't do it very often. I haven't had Jeremy over. Um, you know, I just now I just want him to zoom the rest of any podcast. You know, it zooms okay. I I've really overplayed this in person. <laughs> Uh, but that's good. Um, are we ready to get into tonight's tale, Jeremy? Let's get into it. So let's start with one thing. We're going over the great Santini, and Jeremy, let's talk about just making this a choice as our last movie of the year. Um, why? <laughs> why did? Why do you feel that this film fits can, into our branding can, can as a we show? Say this is a horror film. Uh so you're arguing that this is this is a horror film uh, of of abuse. Uh this is only second only to The Shining except that his father doesn't try to kill them with an axe. Um I mean I would say it, it's a, a lovely drama. It's way too funny at times. Uh to be to be considered a horror movie i think it's a horror movie to you because let's be honest you think this is this is a great depiction of our father is that is that correct close pretty damn close now growing up in the same household i don't necessarily agree well you got the older dad versus the younger dad so you you're saying i only got dad light you're saying i got yes you did uh, so what so what he's saying is jeremy got flavor aid dad you got kool-aid dad. you you'd never got a, well you you actually did get you actually did get punched by dad but i got a rake thrown at me and i remember when uh dad fired a gun to try to get mom to stop walking away from him so oh yeah i forgot about that story you know and i'm the one that put the plug into the ceiling when it when it started to put rainwater <laughs> through hey, the ceiling don't you hate it when you have to plug your ceiling because your dad fired off a warning shot in the house scott you know i um, I, I hope i hope um nobody nobody takes this the wrong way <laughs> but hearing about life in the Woodworth household has only solidified that I'm planning purposefully to die alone. Um, <laughs> hey, look, we, we got it much, much less than our, our poor, uh, our poor, uh, um, uh, what do you call our, 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 our cousins? Cause they, they got the full fucking abuse from their fucking father. I swear. Those poor fucking kids. Uh, yeah, those, eight gen- of them. those generational curses, man. <laughs> let's just say that. Let's just say that we got off easy. So yeah. And the sad thing was that fuck fucker never was in the really fucking the service. Oh uh, yeah, he. It's funny. Hey, here's a fun story. So our uncle, uh, our uncle John, is who he's talking about. Who is a uh, real batshit crazy. Guess what? Great marksman. Actually scary. Was actually had passed all the tests to be a sniper in the military, and then he couldn't pass the psych evaluation <laughs> to get into the military. Like in the seventies, when it was like, yeah, we could really use murderers right now. That would be very helpful. They were like, no, you're you're a bit much. You're I a like bit to much. Think- <laughs> I, I like to think that he was like uh like undercover ops but no he was too crazy to be really in the service and also yeah. his chevy nova back in the 70s had like the little lights in the back that made it seem like it was a cop car even though he, <laughs> there was no way he was in the cops or any sort of service so. uh, ashley just one other real quick fun backstory when our when our uncle john went full rogue and insane uh that I remember my dad leaving the house, and Jeremy was probably like, I don't know, 19, maybe 20, maybe early 20s. And I remember him leaving the home. You could just mute it. Um, I'm trying. The, I'm trying. 
dad leaving for work that day, Ashley, and then handing Mm -hmm. my brother a handgun saying, if you see Uncle John show up at our house, do not let him in and use this if he tries to get in. And (laughs) I was just like, oh, it's one of those kind of days. Nice. All right, cool. So he was in the the Air Force, and it's not spelled A-I-R. It's however you spell the air to family baggage. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So he got he got the real brunt of it, um, but yeah. So the, the now that we've talked about our childhood traumas, uh, let's get into the great Santini. Uh, who, what Jeremy dubs as a horror movie. Now this was actually a fucking a critically acclaimed movie when it came out in uh, 1979. Uh, immediately got a no- two uh, Oscar nominations for Robert Duvall, who of course plays the great Santini in this film, uh, as well as his son in the movie, uh, who is uh, Mike. Michael O'Keefe, who plays Ben Meacham. Uh, uh, also, up until today, this is uh, uh, Michael O'Keefe's first debut film and his only Oscar nomination he's ever had since then. Wow. So <laughs> That's wild, because he's done so much. That's kind of upsetting. Um, you know what's interesting? So this came out in 79. So this came out the year my parents were married. So the great Santini is just like my parents' marriage. Really great, depending on who you ask. <laughs> now, now this story, uh, it, it also, we'll get into some more of the actors. Now, this was written by uh, Pat Conroy, whose father was indeed a Marine Corps pilot. Also, uh, this guy wrote The Prince of Tides, Conrack, and The Lords of Discipline. Uh, according to... According Another great to, Bill Paxton movie. I've never seen it, although the Lords of Discipline out of all of those looked interesting. I'm not going to lie. Also stars like uh, Keith David. Uh, um, I don't like the name. I don't like it, that. Wait a minute. You mean David Keith. Yeah, David Keith. Now, <laughs> Keith David. Now, David Keith is in this movie, and this is also his debut film as well, David Keith. Although, I love... Have you seen that meme going around that says, uh, if David Keith and Keith David were in a movie called David Keith, where one plays Keith David and the other plays David Keith, would the world explode? Wait, I don't is know. one of them playing like, like a pug dog and another one a cat? I guess. I don't know, man. (laughs) Hey, why don't we go get that little bird over there? I don't know. I'm just a dog. I don't care about birds. Okay. I like the Milo and Otis reference. So, uh, now, according to Pat Conroy, Lieutenant Colonel Bull Meacham is based entirely on his own father, Donald Conroy, a Marine fighter pilot who referred him to himself in the third person as the Great Santini. Now, Donald Conroy took the nickname from a magician he'd seen as a child. Pat and Donald Conroy uh, were on set on the day that Robert Duvall and Mike O'Keefe uh, filmed the scene where Bull Meacham bullies and taunts his son Ben after losing in the basketball game, uh, a woman on the set asked Donald Conroy if Pat had really played games like that, and Donald Conroy replied to him straight face as anything and just goes, every day, madam, every single day fucking day <laughs> by the way by the way uh when uh what's his what's what's the kid's name again uh in the movie or no the actor the michael o'keefe so michael o'keefe did a uh a guest appearance on the original roseanne and he's literally playing with john goodman and literally replay the exact scene 
with uh, him bouncing the, the basketball off his head <laughs> in the great Santini. Now, oh, yeah, you're right. He was in that show. Now, uh, now they did say, though, that after this book was written and the movie was made, that uh, Donald Conroy uh, was able to mend the, uh, the fences with most of his children, except for the one that committed suicide when he was 34 years old. So uh, there's that. There's that in there. Um, so uh, now the rest of the cast, we kind of went over, but you had Blythe Danner. What's your favorite Blythe Danner movie, Jeremy? Who well, plays the mom? This. Okay, obviously this. Can you name? Can you name her daughter? Uh, can I name her daughter? Uh, no, I don't. Wait, I I can. Blythe Danner is the wife, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So isn't that Kate Hudson? Or not Kate? Ah, shit! It's not Kate Hudson. It's Shit. I, sorry, I shouldn't have even spoke up because I know you're right. She's another famous actress, right? I can't name it either, but she's uh the, the girlfriend from um uh Seven, the the wife of uh Brad. Pitt. No, you're right. Oh uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I will say that yes. I this isn't my favorite Blythe Danner movie is hundred percent meet the parents. Hand, yes, that's down. what I was thinking of. There you go. Ah. Yeah. And then yes. maybe meet the Fockers. But I mean, listen, meet the parents. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. You're great right. movie. Uh, you also have, uh, uh, obviously, we went over David Keith, who makes his acting debut in this film as a racist local. Uh, and he plays a real great racist in this. Let me tell you. Gets to drop a hard N in the middle of the movie. Oh, great racist. Eric, on a scale of one to ten, how good of a racist is he? Uh, yeah, okay, on the racometer. Uh, we're giving him only like a six or seven, honestly. Much better portrayal, portrayals. I give it, honestly, number one. Um <sighs> You know, we're dealing. If we're going on an acting scale of great racists in film, I have to go tops as American History X uh, with Edward Norton because there's some. He drops some pretty big ones in that uh, first act of that movie. I think the second Edward Norton has to be the hater in uh, the Hateful Eight. Yeah, I was thinking a Quentin Tarantino joint for sure. I was gonna. I was gonna say number three is probably Leo DiCaprio Mm. in uh, Django. Yeah, Django. It unchained. I he is real piece of shit in that movie. I did, but I loved all the scenes in Django where he pit, filled up piss jars. So okay, I'm not. The way, after yeah, he drank I love the milk. idea that like this is how we end the year, and we're like, let's do a countdown of the top race. <laughs> <of this year." laughs> so uh, the the movie starts off, and we get to see uh uh. uh uh, Bull Meacham in his uh, in his own uh, the place where he's best in a f- uh, uh, flying around uh, in F four phantoms uh, throughout the air having a dog fight and uh, he calls himself the great Santini he's a wonderful pilot whatever uh, I do like the opening scene though where him and the boys because this is like his retirement pseudo retirement party i guess and uh the the navy guy comes over he's like hey can you keep it down we're trying to have a nice dinner he's like no problem no problem we'll be out of here in no time and he comes out with the fucking clam chowder under his shirt and then pukes in front of the band with like by pouring the clam chowder out and then the guys from the back come and start lapping it off the floor oh i love up hogs I thought it was such a great way to really kick this movie into high gear. See, this this is a film that really I think spoke to any sort of jock or or, or good rugby player. So that is true. Yep. 
definitely doesn't speak to the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, it then uh, we get to see basically what a piece of shit Robert Duvall's character, the great Santini is. He's basically a giant man child who's been in the military for 40 years. Uh, He does constant pranks on everyone, bust balls to the extent of just being a total cocksucker all the time. He's a walking piece of shit everywhere he goes. Can I just point out, though, that Robert Duvall ages like blue cheese. Like, he never looks young at any point. Even though he looks younger here, he has never looked like he's been a young man. I feel like he walked out of the the womb with crow's feet and wrinkles like right here he's yeah. never been young like in the movie ever. in the movie to kill a mockingbird where he plays like uh a creepy a creepy retard that just stands in the corner like uh he looked like he was 40 even in that movie yes <laughs> it's like him and wilford brimley had the same aging style you know yes. what i mean they're like well i wake yes. up and i have a cup of arsenic every morning it's what keeps me young i'm like that's you're dying you're dying at 20 years old like, right now. Like Wilfred Brimley at age 25 looked like he, he drank the wrong cup in the last crusade. <laughs> yes. yes. I don't. Those are some bad genetics, he, which I'm kind of waiting for, for God, if he's real, <laughs> to help me out on that one. Because he, I love that it's like, oh, well, I can't make you good looking, but I'll make you a successful actor. And I'm like, okay, when are you gonna give me something? And by the way, by the way, the old man in uh, Poltergeist Two, he was only like forty. The, no, he was not. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> by the way, he died like three years after Poltergeist Two. I think so. He was like ninety something. <laughs> Oh shit! He was at. He graduated this like one year at run year ahead of Carol Ann from the same (laughs) elementary school. (laughs) Didn't graduate. (laughs) So uh, now uh, I do. There is one other scene that really shows what a piece of shit uh, the great Santini is. It's when he meets that cadet who's who's taking a shit in the bathroom and just swirlies him. (laughs) He fucking gives him a swirly and then says he's like I'm secret to see how you'd handle that. What a fucking cocksucker. Like, well, he, was, he was trying to get his fellow lieutenant colonel or his colonel friend. He's like, oh shit, right. must, it's not him. Yeah, I could see Eric doing something like that at a murder mystery where he thinks it's one of his team members and goes up to an audience member and he like flicks him in the balls be like, hey, Justin. And it's like, oh, shit. It was like, oh, shoot, you're not Tommy Simbazo. You're just another bald guy with a goatee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, He then finally heads home and they move to this new house down in the south, down, I believe it's North Carolina or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it's in the (laughs) south. Uh, And it's, uh, you get to meet the rest of his family. He's got uh, a a younger sister who's, man, she's, she's a real, she's a real gem. She can't get, and her dad like pays her no attention and all she does is just fucking shit on everything. Like, I, I liked her character. She was real fun. Like, she's like, oh, the military man, dad, I'm dating a Negro at one point. And he's like, he's also gay and blah, blah, blah. Please, he's like, please I play don't, that entire monologue. I don't know how to do this. And he's running away. 
Please play that entire monologue no matter what you do during this broadcast. I, I don't know if I can pull it up, if I'm going to be honest with you. I but, will pull it up for well, you. Well, I knew you would. Well, that's a real that's a real dad thing. Just That's a note, Eric. If you start ignoring your daughters, just be careful when they start doing stand-up comedy drugs and uh, getting paid to have sex with strangers. All so, right. Then well. they start making jokes about how they use their razor for their vagina and your face. Oh, classic Woodworth bit. Um, so... <laughs> so, uh, the, I mean, if you want to listen, uh, l- listen, this, this is a, this is a nice, I just need to give up on shaving at that point. I, there will be none. So, um, the puke scene, if we eventually also, we also get to meet the, which it's very funny. It has this trope. We have, uh, we have the magical Negro in this movie who shows up, uh, who's played by Stan Shaw playing Tumor Smalls, uh, who is a local man of color, uh, who rides in a wagon, even though it's sixties and, uh, has a stutter, but, uh, Ben befriends and, uh, and learns what it's like to have a real, a friend and care about somebody. Uh, wonderful movie trope that they throw in here. Can, can I bring up the fact that, uh, you know, I don't really want either of you boys giving me nicknames, but if you're going to give me a nickname, don't fucking call me Tumor. It's a <laughs> nickname. Jesus Christ. It's not a tumor. You're not a tumor. You know that. Come on, Ashley. It's the ovarian here. tumor, Pontius. Come on, your ovaries have 20 tumors in it. Come on. Don't bullshit me. You're never going to get them out of there. God, it's hour, like calling me prolapsed anus, Ashley. one hour, one minute. All right, Jeremy. I'll I'll pull up your goddamn scene. Talk about the movie at least while I do that. Um, or uh, don't. Then fuck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at? We're at. Um, uh, well, we t- finally. Oh, oh, let's not. Let's let's talk about uh, Annabelle. The the movie Annabelle. Annabelle. Annabelle is their maid and. Uh, yeah. She's a she's a no nonsense black woman. I swear she the fact that I swear uh, Happy Gilmore chose her to be the same exact character in in Happy Gilmore. I mean, uh, oh, no, no, no. Do you mean Billy Madison? Yeah. Happy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Madison. So I actually actually loved is is that really her, though? Is that the of course? Yeah, I guess it is. You're right. Accurate. Almost the same exact character. She ages so much better than Robert Duvall. That's why I don't believe you. <laughs> well, literally at, 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 uh, at nineteen ninety, she turned into like um, you know the 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 guy from uh, Last Crusade and just turned into dust. So uh, yeah. she was like one hundred and ten years old. So don't we find out as well that she's the mother of tumor yes of that's tumors that's tumors mom so we're gonna get into that later we're gonna get into that later what what with tumors mom let's just get into it now no. we can go out of order fuck it okay well something bad happens to tumor and at no point at no point do we see tumors mom again we don't deal with, <laughs> with that storyline. I literally threw a remote. Like, I, <laughs> well, you know, I she was dealing it. with like a funeral after that, and like you know, police involved shooting. So I like, I think it. I, I bet it, uh, what the thing they don't tell you is because like 
you know, Robert Duvall's character, the great Santini, he's just, he's not good at dealing with real human emotions. You, you find very evident. So when he found out that, uh, you know, eventually we find out that tumor does die. We'll go over that. Uh, he was like, Oh, it's going to be way too awkward to talk to her mom. She's fired. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> they were like, Oh, fuck this bitch. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, good luck with your dead kid. And then, and then I'm just, Oh God, I hated that. I hated that so much and i hate all the white people that watch him get bullied oh. <laughs> the movie made me so angry oh man yeah, Although when, he- when, when uh when uh david keith comes and, and trashes his honey right in front of everybody he's oh, like man. the one guy he's like you 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 make me sick uh sick yes. what's his name that's that's as far as i'm gonna go yeah even again surrounded by other black people that i'm like gang up on him kill him like, <laughs> oh my god i hate white people you know he, he, he almost he almost literally crushed his head between the axle of of his I wanted uh, him to. Of, of his of his wheel of his his cart and 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 his uh cart so i wanted him to one one less man in the world i don't see what the problem is tumor tumor goes hard in that movie though especially i love when uh or the racist david keith goes to uh who's playing red pettis which is very funny it sounds like red penis <laughs> hey he's me that red is pettis not, that <laughs> um, is not what i thought eric because i didn't think about it till you read till you read his name and i was like no it sounds like red pedophile <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means is that he got teased to the point of being racist uh, with a name like that. I, uh, so uh, the the other funny part is like I like when they go to uh, go attack him right and he 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 basically fucking home alones these motherfuckers you understand oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. he has a little thing and he unleashes bees on him that sting them all up and then he's still so mad he goes back and then uh, fucking shoots his he has like ten dogs and he's keeping them inside Horrible. so he's like I'm not gonna let him kill my dogs and then eventually shoots one through the thing and then accidentally <laughs> shoots a fucking tumor through the bus. And then Tumor's like, man, fuck this motherfucker and unleashes all the dogs on him. Like, oh, it was so fun. But but here's what bothers me so much. I hate this. (laughs) I hate that Tumor is shot. He is shot, okay? And the racist that had the nerve to willingly shoot his dogs. (laughs) And then when he shoots Tumor, because again, remember, he hates black people. He goes, Oh, oh my God! I, I didn't mean I didn't mean it. You're suddenly you're suddenly filled with remorse. What? I'm glad he got eaten. I'm glad he got eaten. Kill him. Kill that honky. I don't care. <laughs> he was a real piece of shit. Um, you know, it's not bad enough that he's like racist, but he kills dogs. Yeah, I like it. They they make it. Hey, there's no yeah. not one redeeming part about his character at all. There's that one yeah. part where you're like, oh, I could see how I could see his side a little bit. No, they're like, hey, just in case you're in case you weren't sure what a piece of shit he is, he also murders dogs. <laughs> also. Huge opportunity missed. What was the point in having Honey in that movie if we weren't going to cover him in Honey and say Candyman five times? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Right? Reboot the next Candyman and bring back Tumor Smalls great, as a man who's in it. Great Candyman. <laughs> the Great Candini. That'll be that'll be the sequel. <laughs> Tumor's Revenge. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
Uh, shit, but but really, really, the revenge is you just give all these white people cancer inoperable bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, now the, let's... Part, the part that was most important to me is uh, uh, Tumor's final words to uh, to what's his name when he's dying. He's like, uh, I, I don't think we're gonna get that that final shrimp shrimp in yeah. time. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is where Forrest Gump totally stole off this movie. And the only difference is like, oh, wait, except they're both not retarded. (laughs) (laughs) That is 100% what I wrote down, Jeremy. I totally agree. I made a note that said, is this the original Forrest Gump? Is this Bubba? Uh, of course, and and you have that, and it really it, it tries to uh, feed into that where it's like the ultimate buddy film where they're out like out sitting watching the stars, you know, maybe smoking some weed by the fire and everything. It's like, oh look, it's a it's a falling star. It's like, no, that's that's the tears of baby Jesus for <laughs> such a for such an evil world that we live in. I think. Mom, mom. I think I think we're missing the most important like underlying thing of this movie that if you were a black person in the 1960s you really had to be retarded to befriend a white person. <laughs> that's that's the main part <laughs> that you're, that we're missing through this whole thing. <laughs> mama said mama said life is like a jar of honey. It's going to break you. <laughs> <laughs> So uh now let's now let's get back to the other travesty of this movie and talk about basketball and the fact that this movie is based on basketball and there's not there's not one black person that touches a basketball in this movie. No. Uh, like that is the fun hey. So first you have the one-on-one basketball uh, uh showdown which is a very pivotal part in the movie and you get to see Robert Duvall go one-on-one with Michael O'Keefe father versus son in the whitest game of basketball so many post-ups and pump fakes there is like first of all there's like one scene where Robert Duvall puts it through his legs and you can see that that had to be like the hundredth take he had to do to be able to do a <laughs> oh, single crossover God. like it's so fucking bad to watch <laughs> this is my favorite I, movie since movie 42 <laughs> i i have seen golden retrievers play basketball <laughs> air bud air bud could air bud would have fucking skunked either of these two clowns so bad uh and so, of course, uh, it, the, uh, the the story goes is that uh, the great Santini, Bull Meacham, has never lost any game to his children ever. Uh, he's completely undefeated, and it finally gets down to game point. And uh, sure enough, Ben fucking sinks it on the old man, even though he's been playing dirty the whole game. The family's excited, and the, the great Santini can't take an L. He's like, you gotta win by two, and he's like, I won. I won fair and square. And then he does that whole scene where he starts walking up to his room and fucking bouncing the ball off his head. He's like, huh? You gonna cry? You gonna cry? You gonna cry right now? You know, is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> I was like, ah, man. Sucks to be. Well, Very powerful scene, though. And and, and yeah. I, I think something, it, it's, it's worth saying, like, as good as, like, Robert Duvall is in here, who is, you know, he's Hollywood royalty today. And this was one of the movies that really brought him into that top-tier actor's 
status. But goddamn, Michael O'Keefe is fucking. His reactions in this movie are so goddamn good. Like it's one of the better like uh, child actor uh, roles I've seen. I'd, I'd put it right up there in like the top ten child actor performances. It's such a great film for him being such an athlete that, that he should have made a golf movie after this. <laughs> well, no. So look. I, I have to point out, I know Eric's not going to like this, but I've seen Eric be the great Santini of Nintendo Switch with his children. <laughs> oh, I do bust my kid's ass in that game. As soon as Smash Brothers comes on or Mario Kart, there is no mercy in the Woodworth house. And I do. Here's, here's my thing, though. If you beat me, I go, that's fire. You guys won, right? It doesn't happen, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run it back. I'd be proud of him because listen, my dad used to whoop my ass in chess all the time. But when I finally beat him, he was like, "That was a really good game," and he was proud of me for one yeah. second, and that was nice because he had watched the great Santini and realized that was not a nice thing to do, just to be a piece of shit. And when then he lose. would he would just throw all the pieces on the board and then go beat the shit out of mom. <laughs> Happened. That I'm kidding. never happened. I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the worst part is when I got checkmate. I went, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> That's really dark. Okay, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> Our dad really wasn't, he was a monster, but he wasn't that much of a monster, to be clear. To be clear. So, look. <laughs> I was going to say, whatever. I don't believe he beat you guys that much. I kind of doubt he was slapping Twinkies out of your face. I know. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't our. He wasn't our uncle John. I mean, gosh. So, so there's that, and then there's also this. Right after that, uh, the the great Santini is up practicing all night in the rain basketball, and the justification of the mom, you're like, this is the way he shows love, and I was like, oh okay, this is really, this is how we're gonna show. He wants to show that he has to work harder so he can beat you next time. <laughs> I feel like this is a couple from Wife Swap, and as you're watching them, you're just like, wow, these are bad parents. And they get told they're bad parents by someone else's kids. Like, yeah, you're you're really bad with your children. Like, what? No. It's, me? Yeah. Who, me? Couldn't <laughs> be. <laughs> yeah. This all then culminates at a uh, at a big basketball game because uh, uh, Ben has made the actual varsity team here, and uh, uh, apparently there's going to be college scouts, and there is not one goddamn black person on the basketball court on this an entire scene. Uh, it is the whitest game of basketball you'll ever watch, and uh, this uh, uh, an interesting little fact about that part of it is in the movie you can see um the writer mr conroy's actual mother she's sitting right behind uh blythe danner and the real great santini is sitting right behind the real great santini robert duvall in this scene they're both in there as well as uh conroy's little uh little brother he's actually one of the players he's number 34 on the on the basketball court and that was the brother that eventually committed suicide so Kind of a so, dark little scene and some fun movie trivia stuff uh, thrown in. That's, that's so sad. I wonder if he was on a podcast. 
so the one, no, sorry, real quick though, Eric. Sorry, the one thing we haven't pointed out is in the movie, right? The little brother is from Halloween. Oh yes, yeah. It's little. Uh, what is it? Um, not Tommy. Tommy. Doyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. That is the little, the can, little kid, little kid brother, Brian Andrews, who plays can, uh, Matthew Meacham. Can you can you cue that scene between the mother and the 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 father and daughter before the game? Yeah. So there is this scene between the father and daughter. Here's a little audio clip right here. Hey, Dad, why do you love me more than your other children? Beat it, I'm reading a sports page. <laughs> Let's have a conversation, Dad. Let's bare our souls and get to know one another. I don't want you to get to know me. I like being an enigma, like a chink. A scratch. <laughs> Am I a Meacham, Dad? Can girls be real Meachams? Girls without jump shots? Or am I a simple form of Meacham? Like in biology, Marianne, the one-celled Meacham. Marianne Scram, I'm starting to lose my temper. <laughs> Lillian! <laughs> Dad, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant by a Negro, Daddy. His name is Rufus. I didn't want to tell you, but since we're bearing our souls to each other, Rufus is a pacifist. A pacifist homosexual. Jesus, hey, Christ, William. I'm going to the club. I'll see you all at the game. He's standing around here. But you'll get to like him after a while, Dad. Dwarfs are easy to like, especially when they're bald and cross-eyed. Dad! 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 Ah, <laughs> uh, great scene right there. My, great my scene. only my only regret is that she didn't call him a, a midget. So. Yeah, she, I do like. He's like, I like to. I like, I like when he drops the C. He's like, I like to stay in Enigma, like a beep. <laughs> is that Yikes. was that a was that a comment? Were 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 they Enigmas back then? <laughs> I don't understand. What do you mean by Enigma? Is he goes, I just don't know what he's saying. Just, you know, you're a mystery you know, because I don't know your language. If there's only one thing I can, if there's only one thing I can say about Chinese people that. Somewhere in their home is like a secret box where they keep little animals that you aren't supposed to feed after midnight. And if you get water on them, they make evil demons that <laughs> a, destroy towns. A mogwai? So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I, um, Are you saying way, this though, is part of the, the Gremlins universe? This, movie, <laughs> this is your another, tie? Another great Christmas movie. All right. It is a great Christmas movie. Mm. Um, it's, you know what's funny, though? I do relate to this scene because... When my dad won't pay attention to me, I do the same thing, and I'll be like, I want to talk about my period. And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'll be like, I sleep with women. And then he, like, scoots away and won't talk to Whoa! me anymore. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable when, you talk, when your daughter talks about something that you masturbate to. <laughs> hey, you actually made Ashley legit uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh man, that uh, that was that was gross, Jeremy. Touche, touche. It, it wasn't just your your general demeanor this time. I just I just love I just love the fact that she she leads off with the fact she's pregnant to a black person, but then she's like, he's a pacifist. Like, oh my god, that yeah, that was the worst part. He's like, he's not into warp. Oh god, I hate to hear. <laughs> 
So uh, the, during the basketball game, of course, uh, uh, Bull Meacham can't be. He does the what we're used to, what we would call a soccer parent today, where he goes full ape shit during because his son gets fouled. He's like, "You're gonna go in there. You're gonna take him out. All right. You're gonna do it, or you're gonna be, have trouble when you get back home." And I was like, "Okay." And his dad is just yelling at him, been getting it all in his fucking head. Eventually, he just passes the guy. He has to take out the ball. He goes for the hoop and he fucking railroads him like undercuts him hard as shit and lands on his like neck and back ends up breaking his arm and shit like that uh which results in ultimately uh uh ben meacher getting kicked off the basketball team because he was listening and trying to impress his dad uh which is you know it like how's the the levels of like trying to earn this man's respect like you gotta stop at a certain point okay he Here's the other thing, though, because, no, I agree with you. Here's the other thing, though. I also hate that the coach goes hard as hell on him in the locker room afterwards, which, like, I get it. But I'm also like, he is still a teenager. Why are we not going harder on the parent that made him that way? Like, <laughs> throw him out. I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. I'm yeah, just that is, that's, that's true. So, you, you know, if you can't make that fucking birdie on the 15th hole you can just sleep out on the fucking course tiger so i can't remember what happens next does does he enlist for the draft next and then has this little drunken scene with his old man or does the does he find tumor first i can't remember hey hey no doctor hey you, you see this uh necklace of fingers i have during war it's for my dad <laughs> It's lady fingers. Um, yeah, you're so, right. So he does he does do that now. So after the yeah. game, he goes to go find uh, he finds Tumor who's been shot, right? And uh, he tries to go rescue him. And uh, while he's uh, while he's headed back, his dad finds him on his way to the hospital, and then fucking reads his dad's like, "I told you to go straight home." Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck are you talking about? And he has a fucking he, the kid disobeyed starts, a direct order. Disobeyed a direct <laughs> order, and he finally he's like, "I thought I could save him," and he finally walks over, and uh, good old Bull Meacham sees like what a piece of shit he's been. He's like, "Oh, you've got a, you've got a dead guy in your car." <laughs> Why didn't you say something? <laughs> yeah, I know, which is the worst. And then but blames then him for not saying, well, why did you let me ream you out for 10 minutes while you had a dead man in your car? <laughs> like, Sorry, dude. <laughs> like, oh. But I, I, do, I do love, though, that you think, oh, this is going to be his turning point. And then he goes home and beats his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he goes back uh, after they turn in the body and he has... He has another mental, he gets hammered, comes home, and then chokes his wife, and then Ben has to go and break it up. Uh, but it isn't even Ben, like, fighting him that stops it. It's just his little tiny son, who's the little kid from Halloween, uh, that then goes, he says, Daddy, no, mama, stop it like this. And he has, like, this thing. And then goes out and goes gets hammered walking through town and eventually collapses behind a tree where he finds him. And it, it is a powerful moment as the great Santini is finally crying a broken man realizing what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> which... The scene, though, in the kitchen, that's how you figure out whether or not you're the favorite kid is which kid can keep dad from beating the others. <laughs> oh, sweet Amelia. Okay. Oh, um, I, I forgot my favorite. 
One of my other favorite lines from this movie is where the whole family is ganging up on Santini. He's like, hey, Dad, I can eat a can of peaches in 60 seconds. Want to time me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, they go. He uh, Ben finds him underneath a tree, and uh, uh, it, it, I, I'll, I'll play a little bit of the audio. It's fun to listen to. Here you go. Oscar guys. moment. Father. Daddy. Papa. You guys, little you kids, I'll tell you what, you do my caring for me. Deal? Deal? So uh, we get to see Robert Duvall break down and cry. Uh, and then his son tells him finally that he loves him and he doesn't want to hear it. He's like, that's all you ever want to hear. I love you. And he starts chasing him as he's stumbling around like, no, not human emotions. Ah! Like <laughs> with, uh, the great Santini's only enemy feeling actually anything. <laughs> I I love to tell men I love them and have them be like thumbs up. They're like, that's great. And I'm like, <laughs> did, did anybody know what the MacGuffin was from uh, Apocalypse Now? Uh, I'm not familiar with the MacGuffin. Until we do Apocalypse Now, the MacGuffin of the entire film is actually a surfboard. Okay. And um, I just gave away the entire plot of the entire movie. I'm just kidding. Thank oh, goodness. Good, we're not doing <laughs> Well, now we don't have to do Apocalypse Now. Thank goodness. Um, let me let me give a little speech from Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now. That surfboard, oh <laughs> surfing, that is what life is, except for Superman, who I hope to send to Earth, and, and he will save humanity. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, oh, you're because he was Kalel. I could have been a I could have been a contender, <laughs> but until I sent Superman to Earth from Krypton. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm totally drunk. I'm kidding. So now the great Santini is a maybe a little bit of a softer man, maybe maybe slightly reformed, and it is the, the end of the senior year, and it is the prom. And uh, how lame is this is that Ben is taking his younger sister to prom. Uh, yeah. that's, that's lame, right? Like, that's not cool. That's not, well, hey, hey, it may be... <laughs> No, listen, it may be lame, but like he's a good brother that he, I guess, knows she doesn't have a date. So he's doing the best brother thing he can. Also, if I had a brother, I'd rather be taken by my brother than what mine homecoming was, which is I was taken as a joke. Anybody who had seen this movie before, this is the pullback. The pullback. Oh, this is such a beautiful moment. The family life is almost perfect. The father isn't as fucked up. He's gotten he's gotten his clearance, and we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a greatest prom of our life. Oh, I hope nothing bad happens. 
<laughs> and uh, of course, while prom is happening, uh, good old Bull Meacham has to go on a little, uh, I guess, a, 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 a run in his plane, uh, and his plane loses function. And instead of trying to crash land it on there, he heads for the water and uh, crashes it, and he dies while they're at prom. So uh, while they're having the night of their lives, at least they didn't go to a prom with Carrie. So. Yes, yeah. So, but. <laughs> Better than a carry prom, I suppose, but Bull, Bull Meacham, the great Santini, has now expired. Uh, the military comes and tells mom and everybody. I, and there is one kind of other cool scene here where he uh, his uh, he tells him, he's like, I used to pray for dad to die, and I felt like, I pray. <laughs> oh, my God. I laughed so hard. I felt so bad that I was wheezing. I was like, that's perfect. It, it's such a great scene where uh, the mother goes down to talk to the guys that tell him that their dad is dead. And just the look on his face is such a great scene where like, oh, well, this is a shitty moment in life. So. Worst prom ever. <laughs> so, And to think that he was like carrying bottle caps to like a fucking bucket the night before partying. And it's like, no, dad's dead. Uh, they also they also mention how uh, to honor their father. They're not going to shed a goddamn tear at his funeral. <laughs> they, you are going to be you're going to be Meachums, and you're going to be tough and strong, and don't fucking yeah. show human emotions. That's how yeah, Dad would have wanted it. Yeah, I was going to say I love that it's like, ooh, I know he's dead, but let's keep this toxic home experience going. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, will be stoic, just like Spock. Even though we're only half human. Now, uh, at the end of this this ending scene here, uh, the cemetery where Bull Meacham is buried at the end of the film is uh, Beaufort National Cemetery in Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, when Donald Conroy, uh, the inspiration for Bull Meacham, died in 1998, he also was laid to rest at Beaufort National Cemetery. His tombstone reads, Donald Conroy, the Great Santini. Now, a few months before... Before his death, Donald Conroy visited the cemetery with his son, Pat, to uh, check out the burial plot he had arranged for himself. And uh, he's told the cemetery officials, he goes, you know, this is the second time I'm getting buried here. It's a good bit. So good uh, good bit by the actual great Santini. There you go. But wait, though, was his was his name really Bull? Like, or is that also another nickname? As far as I, 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 I guess Bull Meacham. As far as I know, Donald Conroy might not have been Bull Conroy, uh, but it would be weird that Bull Meacham was his actual name in the movie. I guess it's well, just a, it's a, it's a nickname after a nickname, I suppose. Why are there so many nicknames? But also, when I buried him. I would have put Bull the biggest bullshitter at Meacham. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to put in uh, close to my last words about my dad, about um, being a total loser in life and and uh, moving back in and to my parents' house at the age of 33. And, and also finding out... Um, Hold on. Uh, 
I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you a little bit of music to do this over. Okay, <laughs> just give me a second so you can. I want to. I, I want to make it special. If you're going to share a moment with us, Jeremy, All right. that it, it deserves just a little, a little All bit. Right. So you said you want to talk about uh, you being a loser <laughs> and dad. And go ahead. Um, I want to go back to. Uh, being being a really big loser in my life and having to move back in with my parents at the age of uh, I, I guess it was 35 and, and really landing really badly and finding out that some of the, the the drama in my family that my dad really really went out of his way to take care of the rest of the family and I found a newfound respect for him in things that I can't talk about due to uh, legal matters. And also, um, my parents waited at least 38 years to tell me why my dad was kicked out of the military because one of his friends was injured by the actual uh, um, Arlie Ermey um, drill sergeant of the time. And he had ganged up and probably had been a ringleader in stomping literally in formation his his um his drill sergeant and that might have led to his expulsion from the air force <laughs> <laughs> so all the all those stories about people that are actually usually giant pussies they're like mm. i could never be in the military because the first day somebody yelled at me like that it would be my last day there uh Dad actually did that. Actually, <laughs> just was like, "Oh yeah, getting yelled at by a drill sergeant. Cool. You 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 punched me. Right, right, right. Uh, I'll see you later tonight. Uh, as soon as duty's over, you're you're about to get these hands. And uh, yeah, Aww. the old man definitely did that. So and dad, dad was a leader. Dad was crazy. Dad was was uh, definitely more of a man than I am. Um, I'm glad, even though my wife eats my balls on the regular. So, and I don't mean in in a physical sense, in a mental sense. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh... Uh, I always, I always was one thing. I was like, I always loved dad. Uh, I, I, I tried to respect him as much as I could. Uh, but if anybody ever says, tries to say what a really good guy he was, I try to remember <laughs> I'm like, no, actually a huge piece of shit. And he doesn't get it just cause he's dead. Anyway, Ashley, your last thoughts on the great Santini. Um, well, I, well, first I'm just going to say, um, I'm super glad that the Woodworth children turned out so normal. I didn't love the movie. I'm sorry, Jeremy, if it came down between the other and this movie, I'll watch the other every day of my life. Um, but uh, my last tidbit of advice, I think they should rename this to... Um, Air Force uh, buddy. Air Force buddy. <laughs> Air Force buddy. Okay, I like it. Um, I see what you did you. there. The fact that the fact that this movie came down to uh, Michael O'Keefe and Timothy uh, Hutton, who who instead did Ordinary oh. People and won an Oscar award for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the two probably the two best movies of 1979-80, and uh, you know, great the the greatest uh, drama and and hey. You know, war might suck, but it's also awesome. 
Yeah, you know, people always rag on uh, our giant military complex, which eats up more than 50% of our tax dollars. Uh, and 50? 60% of our tax dollars go to it. Uh, yeah, right. You don't think that's so? We could look. It's a very easily looked thing. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it does say something. You have to give jobs to the people who are natural murderers amongst us. Otherwise, we just start killing each other. We have to send them out to kill people in foreign lands. Look, and the great you, Santini was Join one of them. Join the military or sell drugs. I mean, it could be either or, but it's you know, exactly. work, you you get a lot less jail time if you do it for the government. Damn uh, right. <laughs> so, anyway, war crimes aside, I enjoyed the Great Santini. Never watched it. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a powerful drama to say the least, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I got to experience it, Jeremy. Uh, it does make your picks uh, for the show. You're you're on a losing record still, but uh, nonetheless, I only chose one of the greatest films of all time. I do, honestly, this might be an episode that the great Robbie Robinson actually listens to. I told him that we were doing it, and he actually was kind of excited about it. So, fuck who knows? yeah! Now, I it love you, Robbie Robinson. Let's fucking party. He's still gonna fucking hate you, but it's it's cool that you know you're at least. Uh, Let's get in, all fucking trashed and watch the Big Lebowski. Oh, now I'm, you're in the shitter again. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you at, love? You can find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can also now find me, if you haven't already, on my new separate account from the podcast called Slash and Gash DMDB. Ooh, Slash and Gash. The prices and the clothing are dropping right over there. Go get yourself a Final Girl t-shirt. Turn up. Can I, as a man, can I wear a Final Girl t-shirt? I don't know. If you have money, you can. Okay. I'm. You know what? I'm getting one. I'm going to do it. I'm making it happen. You can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Show dates and all types of shit are going to be up there. January show is posted soon. Jeremy, take us out. Horse pickers of the Haruga. The stockings are hung by the fire. The children await singing. It's been such a glorious year. Everyone loves me. My skin is so soft and clear. And life is just so very awesome. So many family have Die. Yes, you're the next in line. You're from Minnesota. You know what time of year it is. If it's outside, you won't fall tomorrow. Yesterday was so sublime Christmas is a time for suicide Christmas is a time for suicide It's only getting worse As your body turns into Dorian Gray, let that nostalgia put 